spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy hop day, baby. This portion of the program is brought to you by Parker and Sons. Plumbing and Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Hey, in about an hour, former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer, she will grade Governor Doug Ducey's time in office. It's been there eight years. In 19 days, uh, the Hobbs administration will begin here in uh, the desert. So we'll see what Brewer thought of Ducey's uh, days in office. Uh, that's coming up at 4.05. All right. So uh, a lot of talk about the border today. Once again, we're waiting on uh, what's going to happen with Title 42. That's supposed to go away. Is it Wednesday, Chad? Yeah, next Wednesday. Okay. Title 42. Obviously, the Trump and uh, the CDC said we're going to we're going to put this to work on the border. And basically what it is, is we're going to be able to turn you around um, and send you back to Mexico, even if you're from you know, a different uh, you know, Central yeah. America. We, we're just going to turn you around because we don't want the virus coming in. So it was a COVID era thing. And, you know, now with COVID somewhat under control, obviously, in a very different pandemic today than it was a couple of years ago. Um, it's you know, it is time for this Title 42 to go. But we've got nothing else. We have nothing else to turn people around. So we're keeping an eye on the border. And we've been talking about this all week. Let's see. Yesterday. 16,000 people in two days walked over the border in El Paso. Yeah. That's never happened in American history before. That's the largest group of people that have ever walked over the border. So that's number one. It's probably going to get worse because, as you said, there are people waiting on the yeah. other side of the border for Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, because they're they're sitting there, and as one of the border guys said, uh, uh, they believe what? They believe that it, it when there's something like this, because some people have no idea that they can still come here. They think everybody is subject to Title 42, which is not true. It's only certain specific countries. But there's a lot of people that are just waiting at this moment for that thing to go away. And they, as he said, it, it feels, opens up the other countries. Then. It opens up the other countries. So what was the one country that you said? Venezuela. So uh, if so, let me get this right. Title 42. If you're from Venezuela, you try and get in here and you try and claim asylum. Yeah. They turn you around. Yep. OK. On Wednesday, they welcome you in. They do. Because that's all we can do. That's, that's the it. law. That's so all there's the difference. Do. Yeah. There's so the difference. That's why they say it's discriminatory. Uh, because, well, how is it you let somebody from, you know, uh, this country in, but not from this country? Well, That's why is discriminatory. That? Well, wh- then why is that? Because their whole thing is, th- th- it's like the administration is doing all they can to not look like they're, they're closing the border. And at the same time, trying to figure out how do we do this, but really kind of close the border because we just can't let everybody in. You know, so give me a country that we let in right now. We don't let in Venezuelans, but who no. do we let in? Give me uh, a- I think Central Americans can come in. Uh, you know, I mean, I think is I'm not quite sure about Mexico, uh, but, you know, I mean, if you're from Afghanistan, you're probably going to have a chance of getting in. Uh, if you're, you know, they're going to let you in if you're from Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of these because guys- because here it is. If we don't, then we're racist. Yes. No, course. no. We're at war with Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We've been at war with Afghanistan since they bombed us on 9-11. Yeah. So and, and yes, it was not. The, it wasn't the Taliban necessarily. It was Al Qaeda. Okay, so Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Venezuela are the f- countries right now that face expulsion. Essentially, so a, what does that mean? We don't let them in. Yeah, we're All right, not give it to me again. Venezuela, Honduras, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, and uh, Mexico. So if you're from Mexico, we can turn you around. Yeah, in theory. 
theory. I mean, where's everybody coming from? We have millions of people coming to the United States, and they're walking in because of asylum. Yeah. Well, they're not coming from Venezuela, Honduras, Guatemala, Salvador, Mexico. I mean, I'm looking at some of the people that they're trying. I mean, because they remember, have to. Be we also from offered twenty five thousand people asylum from Venezuela. Remember that we offered a small group that was done in a minute. That's like one of those things. They were like Taylor Swift tickets snapped up. Right, but didn't we say that was a good idea for a reason? Yeah, well, Venezuela is a horrific, you know, almost communistic state where people are getting, you know, brutalized by their uh, the poverty that has been brought on by their country and the ridiculousness of the Maduro regime. But but also, if we're going to let you in from Venezuela. Yeah. And how many people were there? 25,000? 25,000. Okay, at least we knew who the 25,000 were, and they were already vetted. Yeah. If you come from Venezuela and you want to walk across our border and claim asylum, well, some of the times we let you in, we don't know who you are. Yeah. So at least the 25,000, we knew who they were. Heck, 16,000 just walked into El Paso yesterday, two yeah. days ago. Yeah. And, you know, this thing's done. I mean, I, and I think it's What's not done? a bad thing. This What's Title done? 42 think- is not a way to work. It was there for a reason. It right. should have been gone. The minute we got to a point where it's like, all right, look, look we're, we're, nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's paying attention anymore. Let's get rid of it. But this administration wants nothing. They didn't want it to remain in Mexico. Right. That's right. Yes. So they wanted to go back to the status quo, which is catch and release. And that's exactly what you've done. And that's what we're going to have. And they're even worried about it because they realize the optics is, well, this makes us look even worse than we already are. Well, guess what? You are. And maybe the best thing to get you to pay attention is opening up the borders. Break the dam. Yep. (laughs) Sounds horrible. It does. And it might have to get worse before it gets better. So, Uh, So when we talk about... Title 42, we turn people from Venezuela, Honduras, Guatemala, yeah. El Salvador, Mexico. We turn people around. Yeah. And Mexico agreed to allow them there. Okay. Uh, but but in, in with Venezuelans and, and folks from Honduras and all that, they've been waiting to get in here. They're waiting. The clock is ticking, and they're watching their own watch. Yeah. And they're like, Wednesday's the day we get to walk over. That's it. I wonder if Wednesday, it is just... It's something like we've never seen in our entire lives. If it's, you know, is it a trickle of people that come over or is it, you know, we always talk about caravan and I don't know how many people are in a caravan, but we could literally be talking about tens of thousands of people over the that have days, waited there's... for Wednesday for Title 42 to go away. And we see just droves of people walk in. And by the way, it's all legal. Yeah. They're not doing anything wrong. We don't have to like it. But this is our asylum laws, uh, which we need to change because everybody's uh, taking advantage of having a law and enforcing the law are two separate things, because how many times, you know, it's like, I mean, we just allow people to come here and 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 we're we here, uh, you know, welcome. And, you know, we'll call you in, you know, a year or two, whenever we can get to you and you can show up for this court hearing and uh, go about your life in the United States of America. We'll take your word that you're a good person. Mm. It's tough. Can't take anybody's word that they're. You don't know who no. who they are. You have no. to vet these folks. What were we talking yesterday? How many? There were murderers. There were sex offenders. There were like three or four murderers and sex offenders that tried to get in through El Paso, and luckily for us, we got them. They were on a database. Either yes. they were arrested here, or they had warrants for the arrest here. Them. Yes, and so we were able to get them. But that doesn't happen every time. No, no. So, oh, all right. Wednesday's the big day. Title Forty Two supposedly will go away. Even Biden now is like, oh, crap, that better 
stay in place. Yeah, he's, he sued to get rid of Title 42, yes. and now he's going, hey, can I sue you to put it back for right. like five weeks? Shows you how incompetent that man is on the border. <laughs> so, there's a commercial out. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Don'trunjoe.org. It's a bunch of progressives asking him to sign a petition so Joe doesn't run again. Uh, yes. And by the way, there are a lot of Republicans that don't want Trump to run either. Yeah. So give us two new people. Two not the, new people. Not the two geezers who we don't want anymore. All right. Uh, coming up next, inflation and gas prices are both going down. That's fantastic. But will we still hit a recession in 2023? Next. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, if you look around, gas prices are down. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I think I heard... I think I heard earlier today on, on a newscast here at KTAR, it's down 18 cents over the last week, yeah. I think, in Arizona. Fantastic. Uh, inflation is starting to go down. What we saw today, the feds raise a key rate by a half point. All right. Well, what what does all that mean for the economy? Joining us now, our buddy Elliot uh, Pollock, Valley Economist, CEO, Elliot D. Pollock and Company. Merry Christmas, Elliot. How are you today? Same to you. Same to you. All right. Guys, hope you have a great holiday. Yeah, we hope you have a great holiday, too. So we always talk about it. uh, The half uh, the rate, uh, the key interest rate that was was raised half point. So what is right? So what does that mean? What, What does that mean for the average Arizonan that the feds did this? Well, again, it means the Fed's continuing to tighten. The fact they raised it uh, half a point instead of three-quarters of a point suggests that they're going to slow down the rate increases uh, and that they are, like you, uh, satisfied that things are starting to go in their direction. In other words, inflation starting to slow. And, and the inflation report this month uh, it was very good, um, I thought. And and uh, but it, what it means is that if you're looking for a mortgage, chances are rates are going to go up a little, although they've been bouncing around uh, and your credit card interest rates likely to go up a little. And if you're looking for a car, that rates likely to go up a little. Any any uh, uh, interest rate that's variable is going to go up. And for mortgages, the mortgage rate will probably go up a little. So it just gets uh, it uh, incrementally tougher on the average person who has credit card debt or who has a home equity credit line or is looking for a house. Is it a crusher? Not any one of these is a crusher. It's the cumulative effect over a period of time that really slows the economy. And that's what they're trying to do. And that's what they're going to continue to do until they see not only inflation get back under control, but wage demands get back under control. You know, Elliot, they go and look at the, you know, you got to look at this. They start breaking things down. You've got this for inflation, and then you go look at the core CPI. Well, if we remove all of this energy and everything, uh, you know, what does that look like? The reality is, is if uh, the oil situation gets worse and gas prices go back up, we're probably looking at the same situation where inflation is going to continue to stay roughly 7 Eight, nine, twelve percent, maybe here in Phoenix than that we've seen in the past. Well, here's what the Fed looks at. The Fed looks at something called the, impri- the implicit price deflator for personal consumption expenditures. Mm. It's actually a better, better measure than the CPI. It does not include food and energy, which they consider so volatile, they don't even take it into account when they look at the numbers because it could be way up one month, way down one month. It really distorts the total figure. So they look at a, a more stable measure, and as that comes down, then I think you'll see them react. 
Now, the, the trouble with the CPI, not to get too technical, but more than 30% of the CPI is housing. And it's not the value of a house. It's the rental value of a house. Hmm. And it's done by survey. So the number is Let's put it this way. I wouldn't trust it. On the other hand, the the uh, in, in the uh, the personal consumption consumption expenditure deflator that is it's, it, housing is about sixteen percent, and it's hard data on housing prices. So that's why that one's more reliable, and that's why that's what they look at. Okay. So the CPI is a good indicator, but look for this again, the implicit price deflator for personal consumption expenditures. The reason I look at that, because that's what the Fed looks at. Uh, but but you're right in terms of prices here in Phoenix. Phoenix, uh, the CPI has been rising more than uh, national, and that's because the, the the housing price increases that you saw last year and the year before that, and in in this in, in this state until about April or May, that that that's slowing. Got it. And so I think that you'll see the CPI in Phoenix start to come down pretty quickly once that works its way through. Uh, uh, the system. All right, we got about a minute left. Elliot Pollock is joining sure. us, economist. Recession 2023. What are we looking at in layman's terms? Well, what you're looking at again, it's it's the the Fed's trying to slow things, mm-hmm. and uh, so the economy will slow, and it'll start with. It's already started with housing, but it'll end up slowing with consumer spending. Consumer spending hasn't slowed because uh, the the uh, the American Rescue Plan, Biden's uh, $1.9 trillion payment to individuals, mainly individuals, uh, leaves the consumer with about $1.3 trillion more in cash than they normally have. Mm-hmm. Now, consumers have run up credit cards again. Uh, the, the actual savings rate in this country is down to the lowest. It's been in about 50 years. It's 2.1%. So consumers, uh, on their, based on their incomes, are starting to get squeezed, but they have this excess cash. My guess is they'll go through, they'll burn through that excess cash uh, sometime by mid-year. And that's when the rubber hits the road for the average consumer. Uh, but the, the real effect is on people who are paying variable rate debt, credit card debt, um, uh, if you have a home equity credit line, if you're looking for a, a, a loan on a car, that's going, that interest rate's going up, and obviously mortgage rates are going to go up even more, but mortgage, the, the housing market's already been crushed, so I don't right. know how much more damage can be done with that. Uh, so that's, that's the situation. All right. uh, enjoy, enjoy it while it lasts. Huh. Uh, it's going to, you'll know this is over when either that implicit price deflator for personal consumption expenditures gets back to, it's not going to get back to 2%. No. If it does, it's an aberration, but it gets back to three, three and a half. I think the Fed can pat itself on the back and declare victory. Uh, But until then, no. All right. Elliot Pollack, Valley Economist. Talk to you next year, Elliot. Thanks, man. Happy holidays, man. Happy New Year. Same to you guys. All right, coming up next, we hold up the headlines. Becky Lynn has the news. We are going to interrupt it next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. 
It's 3.30, and you know what that means. It's time for us to hold up the headlines. Here's Becky Lynn with the headlines. Well, you heard it live here, exclusively on KTAR. It's on leadership to tell us we have the votes. That's Governor Doug Ducey telling the Mike Broomhead Show what needs to happen before he can call a special session to address education spending. A bipartisan group of lawmakers wants Ducey to call a special session so they can vote to lift the aggregate expenditure limit. That would allow schools to access funds already approved. The governor's response? The special session was always a possibility if we have the votes. I'm not going to call a special session to not get anything done. House Education Chair Michelle Udall and others insist they have the votes. Meanwhile, Senate President Karen Fan tells KTAR some members support a special session if if they can vote on additional bills, including to address election integrity. Grisel the Satino KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. Governor Ducey has a grudge against schools. Uh, he felt embarrassed by Red Fred. He felt that uh, the teachers, who were doing the right thing, by the way, pushed him into the corner and made him give them a raise. 20% by 2020. And Ducey has never forgotten that. Um, you can call him a shrewd politician. I think at times he's a very small man. And I think that this is what you're seeing right now. I think you're seeing him drag his feet on this. I think, you know, he promised that he would do a, a special session. He went back on his word. He lied. Uh, he's just not into it with education. And he holds a grudge about what happened with Red for Ed. Believe me. He was sitting in the studio years ago when Red Fred was going on, and there were hundreds of people outside of our studio, and they were basically picketing him. And I saw him walk in, and his face—I've never seen his face like that. Uh, and 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 I think that's what we're talking about here. There's a very petty, petty man in there. I don't think he's all bad. Don't get me wrong; he's done he's done a lot of good for Arizona. Uh, the economy's great and stuff like that. He's been a decent leader, but when it comes to uh, when it when it comes to education, he's a very petty man. I want to know: Do you really have the votes? Because that's the other thing. If we all show up and nobody has the votes, uh, calling a special session is a waste of time. So, do you for sure one hundred percent have the votes or not? Michelle Udall believes that there's the votes, uh, but you know, again, are, uh, is there still time to do it? Yes, but I think he wants more assurance. That being said, uh, politics is always politics, and everybody has a chance to get one over on somebody. They will. Yeah, holding up the headlines. Arizona votes. After complaints about long waits to get election results, Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer thinks we can speed up the process. Richer is suggesting requiring early ballots to be dropped off by 5 p.m. on the Saturday before Election Day or returned by USPS by 7 p.m. on Election Day. For the people who say, well, you're taking away a few days in which we could return our early ballots. And I say, well, then let's start early voting even a few days earlier. And he also recommends having two days of in-person voting with on-site tabulation. Richard thinks if his suggestions are adopted, the state could have 95% of the results on election night. So early ballots, so you get a ballot in the mail, you don't necessarily fill it out and send it back in. What you do is you fill it out and you're going to drop it off. 
You can't do that on Election Day Tuesday. You have to do it by 5 p.m. Saturday. The so day before election. i got to tell you, that's not a bad idea. But you or know you can still mail it in, of course. Yeah. That's always As long still as it's, 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 it's And then if it gets there, it gets there. It well, has to get there by 7 p.m. election night. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, again, it doesn't mean if you didn't make it, you can't go in and still vote. But there's no just, you know, it, 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 there's ways of doing this, but we're going to argue and fight because that's what we do. I don't and think this is a bad. I don't think this is bad. I think it's a bad idea. But, again, somebody's going to be unhappy with it, and we can't listen so to everybody. Everybody's always unhappy there about you something. Go. That's the exact So thing. if you want faster results, because our elections are tight, because we're a purple state, and we have to count all the ballots. And that's make, all we're talking about. Right. So how about if you have a, an early ballot, you got to drop it somewhere 5 p.m. Saturday, and then Tuesday's the election. I think that's fine. Or mail it in like most people. Most people. Yeah. Seem to want to. So you wouldn't be able to drop it off on Monday. You could not drop it off so on what you election could do is, day. What you could do or, is yeah. take your ballot down to the election, open it back up, and feed it into the Or into the put machine. it in box number three, put which is a Tupperware three. box, where they throw it away, and the UPS people come pick it up and then feed it to the chickens. We're yeah, holding right. up uh, the headlines. Mm-hmm. Elections in Arizona have been run the same way for decades. Well, now Chuck Coughlin with the Valley Consulting Firm High Ground wants to bring in a new system, one he says has voters rank the candidates. He tells the Mike Broomhead show he would like to see an open primary where anyone can run regardless of party support. You're encouraging actually choice. You're encouraging competition. It's all the things that are greatly American. Coughlin says he's trying to get this open primary concept on the 2024 ballot. I love that. Uh, uh, ranked choice voting. So essentially, eight people would run. Some Republicans, independents, as any other. Top two go through, regardless of party. So, so you when I'm there, I go, I go number one pick, number two pick. Yeah, number one, number two. So I rank my picks. Mm-hmm. So if there are eight people... I go. I want this one at one, and this is my backup. Yeah. All right. You know, and you and then what happens is they you get points, right? So like the number one, maybe this one had X amount of points, and the second one had this amount. So it then goes to the you know the, uh, those people qualify regardless of party. It could be Democrat versus Democrat, Republican versus Republican. That would be great. Yeah, I would love I'm that. Listening to you explain it, I have no idea how it works, and that's how people are going to take it. I don't get it. You it's just the well, top okay. two no, I understand. I'm just telling you, of party, there will be people out there. I have no idea what to do. It's well, you too- wouldn't have to request um, a primary ballot. Everybody could just go and vote in the primary. And everybody's on the ballot, yeah, regardless of party, there. top two, essentially. People are going to be like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, then then you shouldn't vote. Well, it is different. It, it, <laughs> it's different. Some, I think there are some states, states that do it do like it, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's not it. just something. I think he, Alaska does it like yeah, this. Yeah, he didn't just make this up. No. It's, no. it's I think it's uh, out there. New Hampshire and maybe Delaware, like a couple of the northern states do it this way as well. Yeah. Holding up the headlines. During the height of the pandemic, Arizona State University and the city of Tempe made headlines for tracking COVID in Valley sewage. Well, now the findings are painting a picture of when the disease was most prevalent. KTAR's Colton Krolak joins us now live to tell us more. Oh, gosh. The research shows water-based epidemiology was able to predict COVID levels in areas up to 11 days before clinical testing. ASU professor Rolf Holden says while many are surprised to hear of uh, wastewater tracking, he says it's not an uncommon tool for researchers. We are used to the fact that we can go to a a doctor and get our urine and stool analyzed, but applying those tests to wastewater looked pretty weird. And in COVID hotspots like hospitals, the tracking was able to predict surges up to 16 days in advance. Reporting live, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Tough story right there. It is right there because Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing it. (laughs) 
God. This it's, is the way to do it, though. U of A is. did it. Uh, uh, University of Arizona did this, and if ASU. I remember. And ASU did it, too? That's what he just said. Yeah. No, okay. And, and ASU and Tempe. Right. I remember U of A doing it. And I think we had the president of U of A on, and we talked about that. Uh, this is a really good way to do it. Remember New York City? They started tracking polio. The wastewater polio. and they found polio yes. in London, too. Yeah, polio. London and in, in New York. So I know it's gross. This is a great way to do yeah. it. It's a great to, way to find out if things are surging. Probably should be doing this on a regular basis Disgusting. to see what they're, what's finding. You Which know, is what? probably, but the alligator's down there, so you got to watch out for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. We like to call it holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn has the news. We interrupt, react to the day's top stories. All right, still to come, 20 minutes away, former Arizona governor Jan Brewer will grade, well, he's almost the former governor, Doug Ducey. Uh, how was his time in office? What did Brewer think of Ducey? That's 405. Stick around. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by Your Valley Toyota Dealers. All right, go to KTAR.com, right side of the page, the Big Q. Big Q. Uh, Survey determined Phoenix is the sixth grinchiest city in America. Talked about this a little yesterday. Do you agree that Phoenix has lost its holiday cheer? Yes or no? Number one answer is yes, 69%. What are we doing wrong? People well, just aren't feeling the, I guess, the, the holiday cheer. Maybe people are grinchy outside. They're not. Yeah, but why? I don't know. That's, Is that's it really the question. that hard to get into the holiday cheer? You know what? I think the, I, I think for some people, I think. It is hard to get in the holiday cheer right now. I think people are nervous about where the economy's going. Uh, I think uh, that's going to ruin your your Christmas and your time with family. And they're worried because this year their family gets to travel because there's no more COVID excuses. That's also something. well. That's true. They have to talk to family. But you know, I just uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, I don't know why it is, but I just feel like it's not very. You know what gets me in the Christmas spirit? It's crazy, and I've only done this for a short period of time, putting the lights up outside. Yeah, because I because all our neighbors do it. And we do it at the same time. And, you know, we're asking, hey, can I borrow this? Can we borrow that? And, hey, how's this look over here? And I don't know. It is it is definitely like the crazy Clark Griswold kind of outside. It's awesome. It is. It's fun. And, and I never did it. Like when I was single and I bought my first house here, there wasn't one light up. I never did it. Then I got married. And 10 years ago, I got married. And, and my wife said, we got to at least put uh, something outside. And, oh, I don't have anything. And she's like, we're just going to put it on uh, just the trim of the house. Yeah. So we hired somebody to, to do it because I'm not going up there. I'm no, going to no, fall no, off no, the roof. No, no. And so that's all we did. But then it was always funny. And I've told this story before. You know, I would look around and like our neighbors were really getting into it. And, uh, you know, I'd come home one day and, you know, my neighbors who were on the same side of the street, they had already decorated their house. And they they just extended it into my yard. <laughs> and so I would find lights uh you know on certain bushes and they were plugging it into their house and i'm like okay that's kind of cool next day i come home well there's the reef that they, they had put up there wow that's kind of cool too okay well i'd let them do that and so they just they did their home but then they they just oh they started working on my house yeah and i'm like okay i, I guess i got to get into this and i was like i don't really know what i'm doing but then I got into it, and everybody else got into it, and you know it's got it's gotten kind of fun. Yeah, we we That's I came home last night. We we the house was even more decorated. Every day is one or two things. The kids find something because you know from the move. So we got something else. We got this, and it's getting more and more decorated. The house inside is very Christmassy. Yeah, uh, we're going to decorate the tree tonight. We haven't done that yet because we've been home. See that gets you into the Christmas Absolutely. spirit. I'm How always, about Christmas movies? My wife it. and I last night watched Die Hard. <laughs> 
It's awesome. That is not it a is. Christmas I know. movie. Every year people oh, say it's not, but it on. clearly is. Uh, so, but uh, that's like you can watch a Christmas movie with the kids if the you Hallmark want. Hallmark is my Hallmark. Dream. So here's what I do: I get here early in the morning, and then I just go back and forth between Hallmark and Great American, whatever it is, and I get to see the last half an hour finishing up, and where they fall in love or something good happens. We find out he's Santa Claus, and then I go over to the next one. I catch the other because I've seen so many of them. Oh my god, I love them. I, I got to tell you this, Becky, and you know it's, this is not a touchy feely dude. I know I'm flabbergasted. Like, like he looks like he's got the tattoos, bald head. Yeah. Like he should be on a motor cycle going yeah. 150 on the 110. That's right. And, but he watches all the oh, touchy Philly yeah. uh, uh, Hallmark movies. Yeah. And Gunsmoke. Oh, well, God, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the touchy Philly. So nice. Do you watch the Hallmark stuff? Because I have. It's oh, awesome. It's it's, it's schmaltzy, awesome. yeah. It's schmaltzy. It's, it's terrific. I watched, I think, all of them one year when I was really sick and I was like in bed for the whole weekend and I just turned it on and they just went on and on oh. and on so I don't think there are any I haven't the seen. The Royal <laughs> Christmas. Hello, I'm from Pretendovia. And I'm Pretendovia. a... Because it's always some weird nation that doesn't don't exist. Don't they have like a million of these things? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. seen them all. Of them. It's huge. Yeah. I can watch the same, all. The same people are in most of them. Yeah. They have Candace certain, Cameron Bure. Yep. Yeah. You've got uh, yeah. Lacey Chabert, right? She's in a bunch of them. Who, what was she in? She uh, was in... Uh, Party of Five. Party of Five. Yeah. She was the youngest daughter she in Party of Five. She was like this. And now she's learned to talk a little bit deeper. But she's in that. You've got all that's all the same. See, but we talk about the Christmas spirit. Mario not being Lopez here. has done several. He's got a new one out this year. Fantastic catch oh, on that. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Grinchiest city in America, Phoenix. I think it's number six. That's not fair. That's not. That's your fault. Go to Glendale Glitters. Have fun. Go to that enchantment thing. We're going next yeah. week. Yeah. That's in Scottsdale. We did Zoo go Lights. Up north. Yeah, that was Saturday to... night. Zoo yep. Lights was great. Well, the Zoo Lights was fantastic. When did you and go? I got a good workout Saturday night, last okay. Saturday night. Yeah, see? I don't know. And I get it that sometimes the holidays are tough for people. They, you know, like for my dad, my dad hates December. He hasn't had a good Christmas in five or six years. My mom was either in the hospital yeah. or, you know, she, had, she, you know, right as soon as COVID started, she got it and died. And then he's like, well, Christmas is going to suck this year. But I don't know. Your I dad has a girlfriend, though, he this does. year. He's Maybe got a, so he's going to be, be much more into it. Yeah. He's, got a, uh, he's got a female friend. That yes. is exactly. And she's a doll, by the way. Yes. A I, doll. I think she's fantastic. That's wonderful. Speaking of fantastic, former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer. She's going to grade Governor Ducey's time in office next. Stick around.